This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. I think the Nets are going to blow it up in February. I think they're going to dump Irving because he's expiring, and then Durant will say, get me out of here, and then there will be this absolute cavalcade of people of teams trying to like potentially move their stars to get uh durant we're gonna basically what happened in the summer when they thought durant was gonna be traded it's gonna actually happen during the season in a one week time frame and it's gonna feel like the end of the world um because it's gonna blow up the trade deadline everything's gonna revolve around durant Place to be nation. Welcome back to PTBN's NBA team podcast. It's been a little bit. We've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I am Andrew Ish. I am joined by Adam Murray. Adam, how are you doing, my dude? We we had the calm before the storm, and then we had the storm. Yeah, and I mean, it's the aftermath of the storm. I mean, there's some, I mean buyout market still going on but we'll we'll clean that up at the end you know we got we got a little bit of a we got a little bit of a of stuff to scrimmage through scrummage through and figure out what the hell happened because things got a little hot and heavy pretty much from the outset again and lo and behold it involved the brooklyn nets again it feels like here's the thing so when they did that deal in 21 where they got james harden from the rockets it wasn't at the trade deadline if i could if i remember correctly but it was like a month earlier. Is that right? Something like that. But it was the biggest deal of the of that season, of the midseason. Like, it was like, this is the one that's going to, like, everyone's going to remember. And then in the, the 22 season, I don't know if the James Harden trade was, like, the deal. Because a lot of people saw it coming when he went to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons and such and such. But it was, like, it, it was a well-publicized deal. And it was, like... People saw that the Nets might not that the big three might not have worked, so they were down to two, and now they're down to zero because <laughs> the first the first one that dropped was that Kevin Durant got hurt, and then Kyrie Irving demands a trade and basically said, "I'm not I'm not backing down from it this time." And I mean, within how how many days? Like what two or three days? He was a Dallas Maverick. Well, it, it wasn't he uh, he wanted to trade because. Durant got injured. He they no, but they agree. were struggling. They were struggling with Ky- with just Kyrie as the the lead guy, is what I meant. No, they they could intention of resigning with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was an expiring contract, right? Yeah, so he's like, I I want to be moved because this isn't going to work, and I I don't want to be here because I don't want to be here, which he he does. So yes, we already. Did we already mention the Luca trade, or everything is blending together? But <laughs> well, I mean, the the only trade that we actually talked about because it had happened a couple weeks earlier was Rui Hachimura going to Lakers. But um, so well, I thought we had already discussed the earlier two, but so let us go. I will not interrupt. The floor is yours. <laughs> but no, um, so yeah, basically the remaining superstars of the Brooklyn Nets, um, who gave up their future pretty much to the Rockets to try to make that work it didn't work and they decided to just I I mean the thing is that the Kyrie Irving part didn't feel like a blow up it felt more like all right uh we we, he's like you had said he's an expiring he's likely to not re-sign here 
um, even though he was a starting all-star, let's try to get value. So they flipped him along with Markeith Morris, who I didn't even know was still playing, uh, to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and an unprotected 2029 first-round pick. The reason why Dallas had to push that so far back is because they still had picked – they still have a pick that they owed to the Knicks from the uh, from the Kristaps Porzingis trade. So that, that was probably why that happened. Um I mean, kind of like just doing the basics of this one deal. I Even though Dallas loses depth and they had been struggling a little bit and then Luka got hurt with his heel injury, I do think this makes them better. Would you agree, basically? Well, as you – we had – you know, since we we talk, um, mm-hmm. you, had re- you had mentioned this looks like the Rondo trade. Yeah, I, where... I changed my mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> mm, sigh. <laughs> this was like the Rondo trade where Denver, uh, Denver, Christ, uh, Dallas went all in early. They decided to bulk up. The problem was they went in too early and then everyone else rebulked up after them. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by the Rondo trade, not the talent fit. It was, okay, we need to go all in. Then everyone else is like, yeah. okay, well, well, you know. Well, no, let me, let me tell you what I've been. When I heard about it, I thought the fit was bad at first, like my knee-jerk reaction. I thought the usage, uh, along with Lucas being so large, was going to get in the way of Irving being effective. Um, we've seen Irving for a couple games now as a Maverick. It's pretty good. Not with Luka yet, because Luka's still on the men from the, from the heel injury. I do think, though, that their ceiling is higher, for sure. Well... Luca and his usage rate is what ninety five percent right now. Because he's a point guard. So all, all they've been doing in the regular season is putting two on ones and three on ones. So you know that's going to happen in the postseason. So his usage rate is not going to be effective at that. So oh well, they both need the ball. Yeah, but if one has the ball, you can't triple team them. So by default, it should make them better and superstars like playing with other superstars because superstars know how to make other superstars better. So it's make a them lot better different. and also take the, take the relief, give them some relief so that they don't feel like they have to do everything. So it, it is a very high risk thing. Cause it, Oh, well they're going to lose Luca and they're going to lose, you know, everybody. And then the, the franchise will be done. And it, it's not going to be like that. If Luca wants to leave, they will get a Kevin Durant like bounty for him as well. So it's not like he's, he, uh, it's not like he's an expiring deal and is going to leave. So with this, mm-hmm. you sort of have to take a chance as opposed to, Hey guys, I got no talent around me. I'm getting kind of annoyed. Hey guys, I got no talent around me. I'm still kind of annoyed. Um, as for Brooklyn, you get two serviceable starters, Nothing, uh, probably the best, you know, people are, why didn't, oh, well, he didn't want to be, you know, the owner is like, I'm not shedding him to the lake. No, it has nothing to do with the Lakers. Why would you trade for somebody you're, you're going to You're talking about the rumor that when Joe, that Joe Sy refused to trade Kyrie Irving to the Lakers, which led to that LeBron James tweet when he put, maybe it's me, you know? <laughs> so why would you trade to the Lakers for a player you're going to cut? You, with, this is all pre-Durant, so... Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that max money in, to buy somebody else. You're just getting rid of the tax. So you can't even sign somebody with that money, and you're getting garbage and a pick four years from now. There, well, that's a, not a good deal. There's a lot of reasons why working with the Lakers was not going to be 
one on one with the Lakers was not going to work. It would have been the way that the Lakers did it for with a with a different deal that we'll talk about later. It would have to have been engineered multi team. This was just straight swap. Or, you know, I mean, multiple players, but it was a situation where it was it made a little more sense. Then came the blockbuster. And that was Kevin Durant going to the freaking Phoenix Suns where they gave up. Oh, I thought I I thought you meant it was the Kings getting Kessler Edwards. Oh, that was a a solid little appetizer, I'll say. uh, We get a G League player for the rights to somebody who's 30. uh, George, George Hill for cash back to the Pacers where he grew up. I mean. Dwayne, you forgot Dwayne Dedman for uh, oh Dwayne tw- Dedman for cash for yeah. cash. <laughs> so um, yeah, Justin miss- Holiday and Frank Kaminsky went to the Rockets. I mean, they had some oh, nice we'll, little. We'll get to those. We'll, we'll get to those guys. <laughs> no, but- we'll talk about the minutia. But here we go. So, Kev- Kyrie Irving gets traded. Kevin Durant. There's a report that comes out that him and ownership and of the Nets are quote talking about the future of the franchise. Um. What it turned out to be is that Durant basically told them, I am not going to demand a trade like Kyrie Irving did and like I did in the summer. I will play out my se- I will play out the season, but if you can make a deal happen, I you have my blessing. And so they found a big fish that was ready to strike, and that was the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, who had just gotten ownership, and he was willing to do what we call now the Gobert line, which is the minimum that you get for a super that you have to give up for a superstar is four first round draft picks. That is what they gave up. They also gave up a swap in 2028. Jay Crowder, who they had been who had been in trade talks forever, Cam Johnson, restricted free agent coming up, and Mikel Bridges, a really good player. Um, and in order to make the salaries work, Durant uh, got lumped with TJ Warren going to Phoenix, which is ironic because Warren originally I think was drafted by Phoenix. So. Wow. I mean, <laughs> this was when this was the Nets blowing it up. This is the reset. And your thoughts? Um, there's a bunch. Number one, uh, just like uh, Kyrie Irving with the Dallas Mavericks, like the ceiling for the Suns is way is definitely higher. You gave up your entire future. Like it, it, here's I mean, we could talk in general about how the thing that the Nets did prove by making the big deals to get the big three in 2021 and then it not worked out and then they get this haul in is that you can hit the reset button and pretty much get back everything that you lost. I mean, is that going to change the philosophy of some of these franchises? Um, no, because not everyone can do that. Um, well, it just happened. I mean, the Nets just recouped everything that they lost. They did, but okay. First, I'll, I will. The Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns have decided to make their entire franchise one big glass house. They are. You have fifty-seven-year-old Chris Paul. You have Kevin Durant, who hasn't played a full season in how long? He always has. But you know what, injuries. Adam? What do you always say about Kevin Durant in terms of his fit with teams? Oh, you can play him anywhere. He's, He's the, the one greatest player. plug and play player of all time. Kyrie but, Irving is a good plug and play player, too. But if one of them get injured, it's very detrimental to that. Team, Your depth, so. the depth for Phoenix is gone. It is gone, pecan. Like you, like once you get past now, this big four is going to be something. You got 
Chris Paul, yes, his age on age is not on his side, but he does have the uh, the partial guarantee next year and no guarantee in 2024. So if you want to cut ties, you can. You got Durant, you got Devin Booker, you got so Aiton, but then after that, T.J. Warren, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit's crappy contract, Damian Lee, Josh Akoji. it it is it is pretty bare once you get past those four guys. Mm-hmm. And now the Nets, which mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say it is a hard sideways. They did. Okay. They did a heavy, heavy lateral. So yeah. what they did, we'll just, you know, go back a few years. They turned Jared Allen, Karis Levert, three first round picks. And four swaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. They turn that into Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, two Philadelphia firsts, which will be and, low. And now this. Does I, that really. You, yeah, did but you really but get better? Did you here, really get worse? You just took a hard sideways. Well, it's side, sideways is better than just straight down. And the thing is that. You can say maybe in like – here's the other thing that you always make the point of, and I agree with you, Adam. And this is a big warning that we always put about these, quote, super teams and these, super, these squads that assemble like they have now in Phoenix where you have like this monstrous nucleus. The window of opportunity, guys, is so much shorter than people think. Like for Phoenix, the max is about two years. This one – this season right now and 2024 after that it falls apart so they've got to win a title tell me if you disagree the phoenix suns need to win a title this year or in 2024 or it's a failure no they need to win one this year because this is what they're or it's a fa- for. so oh so you're going even bolder you think if they don't win a 2023 championship it's a failure because next year chris paul will be 39 you can buy him out and you could try to use that cap space to. You don't have cap space because you're in the tax. Uh, I mean, it depends on what how much Ishbia wants to pay out. I mean, this guy just gave up four fucking draft picks for Kevin Durant. But you don't have cap space to sign a max deal if you're already in the tax. You just gave up Mikel Bridges for $25 million, And now you, you don't even have to give the offer sheet to Cam Johnson because you just took that off his hands. But you can't replace them with these players. You can't be like, to we're going to go. With you, Adam, just being devil's advocate. Jeez. And you don't um, have assets to but trade. No, this, but what we're doing right now, Adam, this is the conversation they're going to have in the summer when – the season's over. What we don't know yet, and I think the whole world wants to know, is will this end with the Phoenix Suns holding a Larry O'Brien trophy or kind of shaking their head thinking, how did we not get this, pull this off? Well, we that's that's irrelevant, but Brooklyn did a lot of crazy spinning around, a crazy, you know, Fast and the Furious action-like mm-hmm. sequence just to be back kind of where they were. So, yeah, and they weren't it, done. It's a lot of headaches. To sort of just get to really nowhere. But, I mean, they have Cam Thomas, who apparently is now the greatest player of all time. So, Cam Thomas, uh, the second-year player out of LSU, he had four – he had three games in a row where he scored 40 points or more. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I got to give him credit for that one. Took so, a lot of as, shots. as you mentioned, um, the Brooklyn Nets did flip Dre Crowder. 
Though mm-hmm. so they, so they all, so this is one where it got lumped with the Pacers and then turned into like a three-way trade. Uh, the Bucks got Jay Crowder. Uh, we'll talk about the Bucks because they're they're kind of like Phoenix. They're looking up too. Uh, the Nets get five second-round picks out of that, I believe, and the three. Pacers. Three of them, okay. And then the Pacers wound up with Jordan Wara, the, the contract of Serge Ibaka, who is no longer playing for the Bucks. He, they bought him out already. Uh, and uh, some second-round picks as well. And George Hill. Um, I don't even know. Is George Hill even playing anymore? I, I don't even know. But and, and, and then because they had to make the, the roster spots work because they had to, they didn't have enough. They had more players in roster spots after the trade was done. They had to cut Goga Badazi. So. I know. Goga Bear. I know Goga Bear is gone, but uh, Jay Crowder, the Bucks, holy crap. And it's not like Jay Crowder's this amazing missing piece. He's just one of those really good glue guys if he's still an effective player. You add that to Bobby Portis. You add that to Chris Middleton, who's been coming off the bench lately. You know, Giannis and his defense, Drew Holiday and his defense. Now you got a well-oiled machine in Milwaukee. Yeah, but there's a couple of things. Number one... Um, you know, Brooklyn just gets more picks, which, uh, you know, this mm-hmm. you get a second round pick, you get a second round pick, you get a second. round. But don't forget, Jay Crowder hasn't played all year. He sat at home pouting. Yeah, he did not. It, it had to do with an impasse with Cam Johnson getting his minutes over him. That's what it had to do. Yeah. So he pouted. So rust is real. Sitting there all season, not getting reps in, just, you know, what are we doing? Oh, I'm running around. I'm shooting at the gym. That's not really, you know, he's not a spring chicken. So you could be like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But he's not the Jay Crowder we all know and love from a few years ago. He is lost to step, and he's a lot slower. But, yes, he does bring the, the winning mentality, but, and he is. But let's look at the end game. Like, now, long term, Adam, you and I have enormous concerns about – Pretty much all those big daring trades that have been made, even Jay Crowder going to the Bucks, uh, is a little risky because you're dipping further into the tax, and you're might and and you're also getting older. You're not getting younger. Um, and then this, but here's the thing: the Suns got better. The Mavericks, despite this, yeah, got better. The Bucks got better. Would you agree? They they did. They they continued the championship pedigree by getting high. Intelligence, high quality players. But again, what what is the when the rust wears off, how much of Jay Crowder is left is right. my question. And I think they're trying to catch up to the Celtics. And if I'm looking at the standings, it's a, it's a game apart. Like it's still like it's still within reach. I don't know if they can do it because the Celtics are on a roll again. Um, Jason Tatum is like scoring 30 to 40 points again per game when he wants to. Jalen Brown is injured with a facial fracture. So I don't know what that's going to do to them. But I feel like the race going on in the East, we had talked about it before, and I think it's become solidified. It's Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Cleveland. Pretty much. Pretty much. And and speaking of Boston, they got a little deal in. Yeah, they did. Uh, so they um, pulled off one where they got Mike Mascala, uh, another three-point shooter. Because, you know, if there's one thing that the Boston Celtics struggle with, it's three-point shooter. No, I'm lying. They actually made 16 threes in the first half of a game just recently. <laughs> they are an incredibly dangerous offense. They're one of the best in the league. But they uh, they throw in a three-point shooter that who had been playing, I want to say, for the Thunder, was it? Yes. And they, had the, they dumped uh, the contract to Justin Jackson just to make it work and some second-round picks. So, yep, um, so the, Mascala... The Suns also, Oh, go ahead. Muscala was supposed to be, you know, he's the what Gallinari was supposed to be. 
Right, right. And I, there were rumors that Gallinari's contract was going to be part of it, and that's why Gallinari is working out to try to prove to teams that he could still, you know, he was going to be able to suit up or such and such. Um, also, the Suns dipped in again with the Thunder. Uh, they traded Dario Saric, who had one year left on his deal, and they got Darius Baisley, your favorite player. We, you know, um, Saric will help them as he's an upgrade from Beasley. Um, I'm sorry, Blazley. Um it's amazing. We had mentioned like this is the year. It's his fourth year. This is his time to get a contract. He can be MIP if he wants to be. And then he's basically a salary dump as yep. he is for, for the Suns. Like, oh, let's save a couple million off the tax deal. Correct. By, by I doing mean, this. Phil, I mean, we're not going to talk too much about Philadelphia. There was one deal we could talk about it, like in the tail end, but Philadelphia wound up doing the same things. Like they were trying to skirt the tax. That was why James Harden took that kind of discounted deal because they didn't they they knew exactly where the hard cap was. So after they got PJ Tucker, so they were doing all these machinations to make sure that they don't go over. And they were I think I don't know if they cut for Con Cork Moz, but they basically are like shutting him down and they were trying to get rid of him and they oh, even, he they even cut Isaiah Joe, who wound up being a, a very nice bench player for the Thunder. So basically, the Sixers are not in the – they're not in the mar- – they weren't in a bear market. They weren't trying to go out there and, like, fish. What they did is they swapped Matisse Thibel for basically Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets. But, you know, I think that they got a little bit more offense. Matisse Thibel was just a not good offensive player at all, and his defense was overrated. But I don't think that made made the Sixers – long story short, I don't think it made the Sixers – better or worse or anything they i do feel like the sixers who are third in the east right now i think they feel comfortable with the team that they have right now well a lot of things changed when like you said with cork mess once once james harden came in that dried up everybody's minutes as mm-hmm. nobody will get the ball Max with him comes off the bench yeah like nobody will get the ball nobody will get minutes because he is taking them all so with, with this deal, um, you know, the, the Hornets is kind of strange. That he, He's, you know, McDaniels is, he's okay. He's nothing special, but you know you're not going to keep him. You're not going to sign him. Yeah, he's a, you, I, think he's, I think he's a restricted free agent. He's yeah, you, can't, you basically can't afford to keep him because he's just a role player, so you can't, when your team is bad, you can't afford to pay those guys. Yeah, because Philadelphia has their own questions uh, next summer. Because, you know, if Harden wants to opt out, he he has that option. Um, D'Anthony Melton is owed $8 million, so they have to see if they want to keep him or not. They like him. They that he, he starts a lot. It really depends, Adam, on how far they go, too. You know, but it's just to be continued here. It's one of those things, like, this is what you had to do to get your own second-round pick back. <laughs> um. The Blazers, as you said, get Matisse Thibel, who remember how they, him and Maxi, were both untouchable a year ago. Right. These are these are our future. They're cheap guys, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're gonna sort of dump you in a salary yeah, remember, deal. Remember, because... um, remember when Kyle Kuzma was quote untouchable in the Anthony Davis deal, and then he got traded to the Wizards. You remember that? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> times. You know, like you said, the window is shorter than you'd think. Oh, this is our guy. He's going to be our defensive player of the year. You know, maybe his offensive game around. Oh, no, well, we'll just dump him. So for the Portland, it's sort of let's do some cheap shopping now and get get them restricted as opposed to unrestricted. So maybe we could couple, save a few bucks. Maybe we could see, you know, can he and, and, and the other. And Portland, Portland's struggling a little bit. Like Damian Lillard's hot. 
Um, I think he was Western Conference Player of the Week two weeks in a row along with Giannis. Um, that's how hot Giannis is right now. But um, they're kind of struggling right now. I want to say they're they're outside of the play in at this moment. They could jump in if they get if they go on a winning streak. But I can I don't want to say they were sellers. I mean, trading Josh Hart to the Knicks for Cam Reddish and you see nothing. these aren't sellers. It's sort of okay. We see every other team has sort of gone all in. Let's sort of start our off-season shopping early. Let's yeah. see if Dame can play with Reddish and can, he can play with Thibel and, and Simons. Let's see if these guys can start something together and we can sort of get a half-season in so they'll be ready to go for next year when we have some money to spend. So, I, you know, there's it's hard to go in when you're the, we'll say, the 10th or 11th team looking up as if you the best you can do is the, being a 10th or 11th team. Yeah, so, you got to hope for those other teams to falter. And to be quite honest with you, Adam, the only ones I can see that possibly do that that are ahead of them are Utah and Golden State. I don't think Minnesota is going to falter. They made a deal, too, that we'll talk about. Uh, the Pels, they have had injury issues, but I think they're okay. The Warriors, I worry about without Curry because Curry got a lower leg injury. I don't know if they can hang in there. Let's... Um... Go back to the trades. Okay. Um, but so the Lakers, this this pisses me off. So I really, really wanted I I still want the Lakers to make the lottery. You know, the Pels have their pick. They could they could just take it if they wanted. But the thing is, I gotta give them credit. They they we talked about the Hachimura deal already where they swapped Kendrick Nunn for it. Um, then they make a deal where they finally dump Russell Westbrook as he's on the way out, and they um they get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, the Jazz bought out Westbrook because they had the cap space. They did have to give up a 2027 first-round pick, the Fable 2027 pick. It does have a, a top-four protection. And then the Wolves out of it, they got Mike Conley, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and second-round picks. So at the end of the day, I think the Lakers got better. And then on top of it, they got um, they swapped Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic. Okay, first let me do the Westbrook trade. Okay. Um, it's funny how there's a lot of people who are like, I don't like this trade for Team A, B, or C. And I'm like, I don't quite understand it. Because the Lakers, you get Beasley, who was an upgrade over he was a great He was a great six-man for Utah. Yeah, so he will provide depth on a team who didn't have any. Vanderbilt is a decent starter, mm-hmm. so he will get minutes as well. You get rid of Westbrook, who couldn't fit, so you had to play him in the second unit, and you get a starting point guard who will be an upgrade over Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. or Patrick Beverly. So that is a complete You win. know, D'Angelo Russell has his critics, okay? And he's not exact. I don't think Russell's style uh, necessarily fits in terms of a winning formula. That's why I think that was one of the reasons why I think Minnesota struggled. I mean, remember in the playoffs, he was terrible against John Morant. Um, but I do. If you look at his numbers, sometimes in the regular season, he's a pretty he's a pretty good player when he gets on a roll. My my problem with Russell is can he can his style of play compute winning, which is the same problem Russell Westbrook had. Well, Russell Westbrook's problem was I'm Russell Westbrook. I can shoot. 10 threes, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I don't hit them because I, you know, I've I spent a career of padding stats. How dare you say that? Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden when the time comes, 
oh, it disappears. Dude, so, I watched a game where he played. It, it was the game where LeBron, oh, by the way, LeBron became the all-time leading scorer. <laughs> but uh, the, the Thunder won that game, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander was just cooking Russell Westbrook. Like, it was unfair. It was like what Russell Westbrook used to do to people when he was with the Thunder. Oh, yeah. So, and for Utah, you have you, you have no future for Connolly. You can't, he had two years left, so you can't just buy him out. And you're holding back Sexton and everybody else because you need to give him minutes. Here's so. the only part I don't like about that deal. It didn't make sense for Minnesota. I understand that. Mike Conley has become like a them first player, whereas, you know, Westbrook and D'Angelo are me first players. That's fine. He'll pass and like try to find open shooters and such. His shooting has cratered in the last season or two. Okay. And that that's what I don't. And, the, and the, the Wolves needed shooting and they did not get it. Does it matter? Number one, because he knows how to play with Gobert who was completely marginalized Utah, on this new right. Minnesota team. So, yes, he's old. Yes, his contract is negative weight, which is why they had to send out a couple seconds to, with it. Mm-hmm. But D'Angelo Russell was a free agent next year. He probably wasn't going to re-sign. You, they couldn't get another player as good. So why not just get a floor general? And when Towns comes back, he will be shooting threes just like that's the rest the of them. That's the thing that's been holding them back is that, you know, no matter what people think of Towns as a player, like him being out for as long as he has with that uh, that calf injury, like it's just, that's just killed him. I mean, Anthony Edwards can't do everything. And they had some good additions like Kyle And Anderson. here's sort uh-huh. of the part that people seem to forget that I have having to tell everybody look minnesota has been hovering around 500 mm-hmm. in the west they're in the play in right now that's what i try to keep telling people i'm not going to get off topic but that's why i treat that's why i keep telling people about the uh brooklyn nets right now they are 10 games over 500 so if they can make that work with what they picked up already in the duran and irving deals they're going to make the playoffs just like the um minnesota timberwolves well first the timberwolves they're 500. They're like sixth or seventh, hovering that area, without Towns, mm-hmm. without their by far best player. So right. imagine when he comes back, that's a team that might be a little dangerous. Brooklyn, yeah, they're so far up, and you have the Charlottes, you have the Orlandos, you have Detroit, you have Indiana, who's sinking. Yeah, you still got to play those guys. So in Washington, who yeah. I think might well, start to. I- I, we're not going to talk about the Bulls because they were – we already talked about it on the last show, I want to say, that they were hamstrung. They literally couldn't make no deals because they were hard-capped and blah 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 They are – the Bulls are stuck. Like, they probably are going to fall out of the play-in, to be quite honest with you, and they're going to blame Donovan. He'll get fired. And then when – and then when they still have problems, they're going to wind up having to trade away one of those big expensive people that they already have. It's – I think the Bulls are, in a, are were big losers in the trade deadline simply because they were stuck and they couldn't make any moves and they should have just blown it up. That's just my opinion. We will can we'll put a little pin on that <laughs> and we will put that in when but we no, get to but who I, the I get what you're saying. There are teams, but I get what you're saying. Like East teams are going to falter. They're going to fall through the cracks. You know, I, the Raptors. I'm not really happy. I'm not kind of. I'm not optimistic on them for the rest of the season either. So, yeah, someone's got to get in there. And I think Brooklyn will get in there. I think the Knicks will get in there, the Hawks, you know, uh, in the on the West side, you know, kind of pivoting back to that um, with uh, Minnesota. Like, 
I think they're going to be fine. Like, I think they're still going to make the playoffs. And like, we just, we, this was the biggest thing about it. So we're going to get to another team. The Dallas Mavericks got better. The Suns got better. The Clippers got better. I would definitely say that the LA Clippers with the variety of deals that they put together got better. So they get Eric Gordon uh, by dumping Luke Kennard out to Memphis. And then they got, they also got rid of John Wall. Uh, they trade away Reggie Jackson, who had been struggling this season as the like the point guard or the backup point guard, whatever you, whatever they were putting him in. And now they turned him into Mason Plumley, and then they get Bones Highland for second round picks because the Nuggets had kind of soured on Highland. I think the Clippers made out pretty good here. You just combined a whole lot in there. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was like you were like, oh, oh, we're in the two-minute drill. We need to. Yeah, it turned into word salad. It turned into NBA word salad. But long story short, a lot of teams in the West got better, and the Clippers were one of them. Okay, now let's expand upon that. First, let's talk about the Charlotte trade where Jackson for Plumlee. You trade a point guard who's aging. You have no intention of keeping. You get your Isaiah Hartenstein replacement because you were missing his minutes I'm surprised Charlotte couldn't get more for him than I agree. a salary cut. I thought Plumlee was having a good year, to be honest. You know, he switched hands and everybody was making fun of how he's making kicking his free throws. But he's he's had a solid year. Reggie Jackson, they they the Hornets bought him out. Yeah, so it's very strange for a team who, okay, you guys should be tanking. Let's just sell everything. And that's sort of what you do. All right, the next trade, um, Bones Highland, very suspect for De- for Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they soured on him, but he's on a rookie deal, and he's an energetic guy off the bench. A bit erratic, but that's what you expect out of second. Can, can I can I be the devil's advocate in this situation? When they demoted him out of the rotation, the Nuggets had their best month of the season in terms of win loss record. Maybe yeah, he but- was just a bad fit. That's the best you can get. But when injuries I, you know, came I'm, in. Adam, and, this is what happens with teams where they sour. Like that, the other teams know it, and they can't get more than whatever it is they wound up getting, at least in their minds. They didn't know? really get anything but a couple of seconds. It was very, very suspect. The, for... the Nuggets did get Thomas Bryant, which I thought was solid. The reason why Bryant, they probably did that was when they got Hachimura, and then they got – um. A couple other bigs out of the well, they got Vanderbilt and Hachimura. They didn't didn't need Thomas Bryant, even though he had some good moments with the Lakers filling in for Davis. And And then Mo Bamba put the ice, yeah, we don't need him, let's go ship him. But I think Uh, Bryant can help the Nuggets, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yes, he he will provide decent, um, Jokic, but the Nuggets were in the tax too, so they had to swap a player for it, and that was Devon Reed. So, whatever, yeah, well, he's not gonna do anything. And then the last of the Clippers trade. Um, it was funny. You're like, I'm catching up on the trades. I'm like, just stop reading. John Wall just got traded back to Houston. Everybody's drunk. Have you and you're seen like, that are inter- you serious? Have you seen the clips from that interview he did with Theo Pinson where he just shit talked the Houston Rockets? Yeah. Like, and then, who, who is Justin Patton and all this stuff? It's like, oh my God, you're winding up back. To- He's going to get bought out anyway. So is Danny. He Green. did already get bought yeah. out. But it's just funny. It's like they traded him back there and. Eric Gordon went back to L.A. and, you know, yeah, we will we'll upgrade over Luke Kennard. Yeah, Eric Gordon's more limited and he's getting kind of old, but he'll provide that, you know, that smart play, 
so let's you know ship him to Memphis. Who, um, who do they ship out? Uh, uh, oh, Danny, Danny Green's Green. contract. So you know the one thing that was that was kind of here's the thing about Memphis. I don't think they were in a position where they had to do it. The rumor is though they basically were willing to give a lot of draft picks for Kevin Durant. They probably weren't willing to add a lot of their like core players. Which is what they wanted. They probably the Nets probably wanted Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark and the picks, and they were like, "Nope, not doing that." You could have you know? Dylan Brooks. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no. no, 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 no. So, um, you, you had quickly glossed over Toronto, mm-hmm. and the Jacob Pertle trade, the Jakob Pertle trade. Uh, did you also hear the one that Siakam? Look, we are in America, so he's now Jacob. Did you Jacob hear the one Pirtle? that the Nets? We're trying to get Siakam to try to like um, Curry Durant's favor, like try to get him back on their side. Like, oh yeah, we could still win here. Let's get Siakam now that Irving's gone. Um, I don't really know. That's a mystery because, okay, first San Antonio. This is what bad teams do when you're trying. Not bad team. Uh, when you're tanking and you know you're developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to keep him. So. He's good, so we'll trade him for a first. Whatever. Turtle is a good player, man. Yes, Jake. Jakey Pirtle. Um <laughs> Toronto, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, like, hey, they should be sellers. Hey, they should be sellers. They're struggling. Number one, maybe the maybe the OG talk was sort of self-hyped by them. Yeah, maybe the rumor was it. the Pelicans really wanted him and the Warriors wanted him. That was the rumor. That was the rumor, but maybe the deals weren't what they were. And who are we to go against with Jerry and and knowing how the market is? Oh, the, the great Messiah, yes. <laughs> so yeah. he always pulls off some rabbit out of his hat. But I mean, getting Ken Birch, I mean, get, getting Yaka Pirtle for Ken Birch and a protected first is actually not bad. That's actually a pretty good. But why? It's like, why are they buyers when they're 10th and they're not even a good 10th right now? They're you sort know, of just like the team should be better than they are, but they're not. And you look at them, it's like, well, they're not a good team. Why are they buying? This isn't the missing piece. No, I don't think it's the missing piece. I think what it is is they're just forecasting because you see Fred Van Vliet, he's going to get more expensive because he could opt out. Pascal Siakam's trying to make all NBA so he could get super max, and then he's a free agent. So you don't know what's going to happen with that. Gary Trent Jr. can opt out if he wants to. So I think they, they do have some pockets of money that they could use in the future. And I think Masai Ujiri does have that in mind if they really want to go for broke and like swing it for another big name. Um, and maybe Pirtle is one of these guys that he just liked. He drafted him, you know? Yes. Okay. Do we have, so we have two trades left, I think. Well, I don't I don't want to talk too much about the Hawks getting Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. Oh, well, <laughs> but... garbage for garbage. Uh, first is your uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they were also involved with the Spurs who, they, you know, they shipped away Yaka Pirtle. Then they picked up Dwayne Dedman from the Miami Heat. But then they pick up Devontae Graham. But the Pelicans, in order to get rid of Graham, because the, the fact that he had to get shipped out with picks was because Graham has a way too expensive of a deal and he had like a couple years left so the pelicans got richardson but they had to ship four second round picks to the spurs along with Devonte graham to make the money work See, you know? now in the previews i had said they need to unload graham well they because did because that was a terrible signing and the fact that they were able to get san antonio to take him considering he has two years left on his deal or you know one year and then probably partial 
that's amazing that they were able to get rid of for him. And yeah, Josh Richardson, he's just a rental. He'll be here for the playoffs, and they're going to get rid of him because they got Dyson Daniels and um, Trey I, Murphy. I, I, think he, I think he could help them. Like, I don't think he'll just be sitting on the bench and waving a towel. No, no, he he will get those two kids minutes. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those two guys will be, all right, you guys are on the bench. Yep. Josh, you're getting, the, you know, it's playoff time. Go in. Do so stuff. slight, slight upgrade there for the Pels. I mean, they, I, I think the most important thing for them right now, they just need to get healthy. You got to have Ingram. You got to have Zion. You have to have McCollum. Valanciunas, try to get everybody to play at least 15 to 20 games in a row. For the most part, and let's see what they really look like, because they look great when they were healthy to start the season, and then they had a really horrible January. Um, then there's another trade, but it's very weird because there's a pot. There's quite. We're recording this on a Saturday. Peek behind the curtain. There's a good chance this deal might get deep six because of a failed physical involving Gary Payton the second. This is just the the big mystery. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I, in terms of significance, I think it would really help the Hawks if this deal stayed and they get Sadiq Bay. I don't understand it at all because from really many, many standpoints, number one, Golden State, this is a straight up cost cutting move, mm-hmm. which is like, that's oh, yeah, not well, what you do as a defending champion. You get rid of well, James Wiseman. Well, here's the thing didn't... too about Wiseman though. Wiseman has a team option on that rookie contract. They can keep that if they want and then decline it if if they feel the if they want to do so, but I don't know if James Wiseman's people want that. So maybe they said, "Get him out of here." Well, he they've already picked up year three, so oh, the, okay, okay. Well, yeah, this was worse. already in the season. You can't just be like we're cutting him now. So they have him for one more year. So getting Gary, you know, so they trade him to Detroit, which for Detroit, I understand it because I I seem to see Detroit's. Yeah, That's how many five. other um how many other failed second uh number two picks can they pick up? They got Marvin no, Bagley, the, they got <laughs> they got I uh, low sell high mm-hmm. philosophy. They did it with Jeremy Grant, they did it with Kelly Olinick, they did it with Christian Wood. So yeah. they, you know, they are you get the number two pick who has it's mostly not his fault. He has no way to get minutes on that team. Which the only way to develop as a player that, is that to- that was why the Pistons getting him made me scratch my head a little bit because even even though like uh, even though like you, I don't see like a future for like some of these people like even Isaiah Stewart I could see leaving like restricted free agency if he becomes too expensive. Jalen Duran is going to be a really good player for them. So if he's, so he's good yeah, and got bad the eight, center of the future, correct. And so you're adding another center too. Correct. So that's why I don't quite understand it 100% from Detroit's standpoint, especially for, you know, last year. Oh, Sadiq Bey is, isn't untouchable, but it'll take like an unprotected first or it'll take really a lot to get him. And then he sort of gets dumped for this, for this mystery. I don't, I don't know. I like him. I think he's a good player. He gets to the free throw line. He's a good three point shooter. He can get hot. I think again, if the deal can get reworked in some way, shape, or form, or it's not rescinded, we'll see. People will know by the time we get to they listen to this. So I, you I, need I to Sadiq finish. Bay- You're getting too far ahead of yourself. <laughs> Why is that? You haven't even said they flipped it. They flipped five second round picks to Portland for Gary Payton the second. The five second. Can I be honest, Adam? The the all the seconds that are being thrown around, like the Pels. 
gave all those to the Spurs. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. Seconds mean nothing. They are just pockets of money that end up with a player that you wind up cutting in training camp. Yeah, but they're the they're the currency for these trades right now. So Correct. It's the um, way to balance out the contracts because the contracts are so lopsided. I mean, Gary Payton the second makes eight million dollars, Adam. This, yeah, he has like two more pick, years on his round picks makes less than a million. Yeah. And so Gary Payton the second got traded to Golden State. He failed his physical yeah, and Golden State is mad because Portland was playing him and giving him shots every day and trying to hide his injury and be like, yo, you're not injured. You can play. Look at you. So I don't think the trade will be rescinded as it's probably all the other teams like, no, we want this to be done. So I think Portland will have to pony up like a a first round swap or something. They got to be like, okay, it's not five for seconds. I don't remember who was in this trade, but when the Pelicans had this situation with DeMontis Monte Yunus, where he failed his physical, but they were able to make the deal work and some and go around it in some other way. I mean, this this does happen where they have to go back into the deal and rework it because there's some hitch in it. Yeah, like you, you need the Isaiah Thomas Kyrie trade. Mm-hmm. Hey, you gave us damaged goods. OK, here's a second round pick. Yeah. Remember, uh, remember the Devin George. um, um uh, no trade clause thing involving the Jason Kidd Mavericks deal way back in 2008. That was one where they had to, they had to go back in and work it and work it and work it so that they can make the deal. Everybody could agree on it. This deal is not on that level. It's not like Duran and the Suns. That's a deal where it's like holy. The thing that shocked me, Adam, with that if, to wheel back is like how quickly it got put. In in my opinion, they had the framework for this in the summer when they kept talking about uh, all these Suns. Keep trying to get Durant stories and they had the framework for it, but maybe the ownership at the time, which was like interim ownership because of Robert Sarver being in purgatory, they were like, that's too much to give up, meaning the picks and Bridges and Crowder and and Cam Johnson. And the new owner just said, fuck it, let's do it. I mean, if you think about it. These guys get paid millions of dollars to run these trade simulators every day and Mm -hmm. do all these things. They they know every it's very hard to fleece another GM on a trade. I don't can, think I don't think the Suns got fleeced. I don't know. Fleecing doesn't happen. You can have teams who are so completely blindly enamored with a player, you lose track of his value. But as <laughs> far as there. yeah, you you. But it's not a complete fleecing because yeah, it was high, but. You got the player who was like a three-time defensive player of the year. Right, right. So, you know, like we said, uh, four first rounds. If they gave three, be like, okay. But it was the fourth one. It's like, okay, that's a little overkill. And then the but swap. Yeah, the swap, swap is. Oh. It's like, oh my god, that's five. That's five. People are like, that's not a, that's not a, um, that's not a pick. That's a swap. I'm like, yes, because that's literally the rule. You have to alternate every other year for the picks you give up. The swap is basically saying that people forget this. That's how that's how um, that's how the, the Kings didn't. The, yeah, well, I was about to say that that's how the Kings didn't wind up getting um, like Jalen Brown or or uh, Jason Tate because they they swapped it with Philly. You know, they wound up or, or Ben Simmons. They went they couldn't get Ben Simmons because the, the Sixers just swapped it because they had it from Vladdy Divac's terrible deal. So, yes, swaps can come back to bite you, too. Mm-hmm. It's my, it's my story. 
Okay, so I believe we went through all the trades. Now yeah. we can get to winners and losers. Okay. Now you can get to your Chicago monologue. Okay, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I got my monologue out. Um, the, I mean, long story short, I don't want to say they were lo- the losers of this situation because they kind of stood pat. They had already made their big deal with Sabonis last year, but the Kings are – they they're they're having a really good season. They're going to make the playoffs. My fear for them though is that every team behind them, the Clippers, the Suns, the Mavericks, they all got better. So it's I don't know how long they're gonna be able to perch their way up to the top three. I think Denver is safe. I think Memphis is safe. I don't think anyone's gonna touch them. Okay. As far as my losers. I will go, obviously, Chicago, because we had mentioned how everything could easily blow up. You have Lonzo Ball, who has no timetable to return. The he's, team doesn't he's not know coming why. back this year. Yeah. yeah, the team doesn't know why he still feels he, he's hurt. He doesn't know why he's hurt. Oh, that's not good. You have Zach Levine, Levine, not happy. You have the coach who Donovan probably will be let go. Yeah, he. I could see you could see this coming. Like he will mm-hmm. be. I mean, Go. you saw that story where they were arguing. I mean, um, here's the thing: these locker room stories they don't leak out by accident. Like the one about Russell Westbrook yelling at Darvin Ham the night that LeBron broke the record. That didn't come out by accident. Like they were trying to bury him on the way out. You know? Yeah. So, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But. You have a team that's floundering like they were all like they perhaps you should do a desperation move either way. And oh, yeah, they don't have their first round pick because they gave it to Orlando for Vucevic. Mm. Ooh, so you yep. have a bad team who's completely taking on water. Yeah, but, but remember, Adam, isn't Vucevic signed uh, th- for like three more years with Chicago? Is he? No. no. He's a no. free agent. Yeah. They didn't even extend him. So you b- gave up those two first rounders for maybe nothing. So it's really hard to be like, why didn't you guys do anything? Try to get back a pick. Try to make go go all in. Try to do something. Oh, you just sat there. Toronto was just a head scratcher. But again, we have to give sort of, you know the eye to okay their gm knows gming real well maybe we'll let this one go um i'm leaving a big asterisk on the loser front to miami because well here's the thing about miami they could not move Kyle Lowry. nobody wants him um well he was injured therefore you couldn't move him um they have it's a big asterisk because they were already floundering. I've been mentioned Kyle Lowry and the same thing. You know, you made me pull the the Brooklyn, your Brooklyn big prediction. Yep. Um, whereas I said Lowry won't even, you know, he'll be benched and he's gotten benched and they're not happy with him. You made no deals. This is not a team who are like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll put we'll turn it on. We'll turn on the Jets. That, I, I, that's true. Like, this is not a team where like because they they had I think they want I want to say they had the best record in the East last year. And there was one of those situations where, yeah, they can make the case that the East was down. That's why Miami got up there again and they almost made the finals and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, like, even though the Celtics are really good and the Bucks are really good and the Sixers are sort of fortifying everything, the Mitchell deal obviously made the Cavs a lot better. We can all make those excuses for Miami about why they got ahead of them. The truth is they are sixth 
in the East. And they were way lower than that for most of the season to start. So there's something wrong there. And it has nothing to do with Kyle Lowry. Like, it's the fact that they just... I feel like the quality of play for the teams that have assembled the talent that they have and get, garnered the experience in the playoffs, they've risen to the occasion. And Miami just stood pat when they shouldn't have. They should have made it. They should have taken a stab at it. Mm-hmm. And last on my losers list is the Charlotte Hornets. You should have gone all in on Tankathon. Your team is already very bad due to bad GMing. Bad life choices by some players and just, you know, everything coming up wrong. And all you do is, you know, well, we got rid of Vanderbilt. I meant Vanderbilt. Oh, we got rid of uh, McDaniels and Plumley for people just were going to get the one you needed to get rid of was Hayward. That was the deal. Hayward. You could have flipped Rogier for some picks. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's do a reset around Lamelo. And let's start next year. Nope. Well, that's sort the, of the prob. The problem was every team that they try to do big deals for, they all wanted Lamelo, and he was probably untouchable. Yeah, he was untouchable, but you didn't really do anything. And for a bad team, like we mentioned, San Antonio. Oh, I'll get a second round pick for a guy who's good. Oh, I'll get you know first round pick for 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 Jakey. I mean, the the Hornets are the worst. They have the worst record in the East. The Pistons have a better record than them. So if they want Webinyama. They could still pull it off, you know. I mean, I don't think the tankathon has completely gone into overdrive yet. I mean, the the Rockets are horrifically bad. The Spurs, enough said, but and then um the Magic are kind of in between. Uh, but like I don't think that I don't feel like teams have like completely and utterly given up, except for the Rockets and the Spurs. We will um. <laughs> Not yet. Like we got time though. We got time. So uh, any, uh, any closing thoughts? Um, in general, like, I just feel like that, like the East, it feels to me like the East teams, they had this one, they not necessarily this past year or, but maybe like the year before that they all made one big move involving one key player that sort of got them to where they are. Um, for better or for worse. Um, and it feels like with the West, and in, in, it, it like they were all kind of like taking these small little moves. And ever since the AD trade, it feels like, you know, the Warriors, they just added, they, they flipped um, D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. And uh, the, a couple other teams sort of made some smaller deals to try to get better in the West. I feel like the Suns are really going for it and they're going to, they're doing the big singular star deals like the East pulled off and they're going to see if it's going to work. I just want to see how those West teams react to that because the Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies, they're not unstoppable. They have their, they have their cold streaks at times, but Jokic might win MVP a third time. And John Morant is unstoppable at guard, and they got a lot of depth, and they play great defense. I just want to know if that nucleus that the Phoenix Suns are going to go are going to run that with, are if they're good enough to overcome the youth and the um, the potential of those really good deep teams that are in the West. The East, it just. I just feel like with the East, it just begin. It depends on the stars. If you know, you got Harden, and, you got Embiid and Harden in, in Philadelphia. You got Mitchell and Garland and Jared Allen in Cleveland and Boston, Tatum and Brown and um, you name it. They, they've got 
they got these two or three guys that they can just go to. I don't feel like the West is like that, and it makes it really interesting. But the Suns are basically saying Kevin Durant can get us there. That I think it's just interesting. Like, I, do you think do you think the Suns made a mistake? We will find out. They, That's not a good enough answer. I need a real answer. No, they went all in, and every time you go all in, you have to wait to see how the cards fall. You could go all in with the best chance. You could go all in making a mistake, um, but we'll all you could do is wait to see when the and Kyrie Irving going to Dallas. I mean, that's that's a great offense. That's going to be a great offense with Luca and Kyrie Irving. You know, um, it's it's going to be fun. I, I I I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about how the season's going to. I'm more excited about how the season's going to look after the deadline than I did before. And I don't know if a lot of people expected fireworks. To be quite honest, I think really what happened that Kyrie trade demand just made the Nets. Everybody got drunk. And- the duo fell apart, and then all these teams they tried to keep up with the Joneses within 24 hours. And the t- by the time they realized, oh shit, the Suns got better, we got to get better. The deadline had already passed; they couldn't put deals together. Again, everybody got drunk, and now we'll see the hangover and uh, try to pick it back up. But yes, it should be an interesting sprint to the, the finish line here. Yeah. Spe- speaking of hangovers, you ready to get out of here? <laughs> All right. So for Andrew Reese, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.